Welcome to the Tips for Homeschool Science Show, where we're breaking down the lofty ideals of teaching science into building blocks you can use in your homeschool. I'm Paige Hudson, and for season four of this podcast, we are working through the four stages of teaching science to help you create a roadmap for your homeschooling journey. You know your goal for early year science to introduce the student to the basic concepts in science found in the world around them. And you know the tools you have at your disposal to share the three keys of science. Those weekly topics, hands-on projects, read-alouds, and coordinating activities. Today, I'm sharing with you two different options for how you can put the tools into action to accomplish your goal. We'll chat about how early years science can be folded into the ebbs and flows of life. And we'll chat about what it looks like to use a formal program for early years science. Sound good? Let's dig in. When you fold science into the ebbs and flows of life, you take a more informal approach to science during the early years. This way, you're building on your child's interest and taking the main idea from things that occur naturally in your daily life. Here's a look at how we have folded science into our week. Mama, look, our four-year-old son called out to me. I took a break from weeding the flower bed to look over at what he was pointing out to me. He had found a family of snails hiding in the moist warmth of our mulch. Wow, buddy, that is so neat. You found a family of snails. What do they feel like? Hard and a bit slimy, he answered as he touched the nearest snail shell. Yep, that's the shell you're touching. It protects the snail's soft body inside. Let's be really quiet and really patient to see if one of the snails comes out of its shell, I responded. We waited patiently for about 20 seconds, which is like two hours in little boy time. Thankfully, one of the snails slowly poked its tentacles out of the shell. As the soft, slimy body of the snail appeared, I smiled at the wow that came out of our son's mouth. Hey, buddy, do you want to go to the library today to look for a few books on snails? He vigorously nodded his head. Great, we'll go after lunch, I informed him, and I went back to my weeding. Later in the week, we read another book about snails from the pile we had picked up from the library. Then we headed out for a backyard snail hunt. We looked high, we looked low, we looked on leaves, we looked in the mulch. As we headed back inside, we chatted about what we learned from our snail hunt. Once inside, I wrote down a sentence or two of what he shared under a picture of a snail that we'd found. And then we made a few breadstick snails from the recipe I found on Pinterest to go with our lunch for the day. In the process of all we did that week, our son learned quite a bit about what snails are and where they prefer to live. And this is what it looks like to do science during the early years within the ebbs and flows of life. The weekly topic comes from something that your child observes or sees happening. Your hands-on projects are typically nature studies or maybe some simple observations. Your read-alouds can be off your bookshelves or books from the library. And the coordinating activities are ones that you find on Pinterest and actually have the supplies for. When you fold early years science into your life, you will feed your child's curiosity with information about the science in the environment around him. Teaching science like this will be very informal. You'll be planning from behind, meaning that you will record what you do rather than do what you have planned. For some, this may be the perfect way to approach science during the early years. For others, it'll be a little too loosey-goosey. But this is an effective way to teach science during the early years. 
Another option is to have a formal program or guide for science. This means that you have a plan in hand with the idea of where you are going and what you will cover during the early years. This way, you'll know that you'll hit the highlights and cover the things you want to cover before you hit the elementary years. So here's what a sample week of learning about rain looks like when you plan ahead. So I started the week by looking over the plan for the week and made sure that we had the supplies listed in the guide. This particular week, the main idea was rain is water falling from clouds in the sky. During our normal science time on Tuesday, I started by sharing the 19th century nursery rhyme, rain, rain, go away, come again another day, little Johnny wants to play. Then I asked our daughter, do you know what rain is? And she answered, it's clouds crying. I smiled at her and said, sort of, rain is water falling from clouds in the sky. First, water evaporates from rivers, lakes, and oceans around us. It goes up into the air and forms clouds. When those clouds get really heavy, they let go of some of the water and it falls to the ground as rain. This week, we're going to study rain. Then I gave her a coloring page with a picture of rain falling from a cloud and the main idea printed on the bottom. She colored it as I got the supplies ready for our hands-on project. Once she was done, I told her how good her coloring looked and reread the main idea sentence before adding the sheet to her science notebook. Then we did the planned raindrop landing pad activity from Science Play. It was a hit, so we spent extra time on this one. As she was making raindrops, I asked her what she was learning about rain, and we wrote this on the demonstration sheet. I snapped a quick picture to print out and add to the sheet before it was added to her science notebook. The following Thursday, our next science day, we were lucky enough to have a bit of rain. So she watched the rain fall from the front window as I read the suggested book, Down Comes the Rain by Franklin Mansfield Branley and James Graham Hale, aloud to her. When I was done reading, we started the art project, Pitter Patter Paint from Science Play. When she was done with that, we added the sheet to her science notebook, and we worked together to make a few apple and pretzel umbrellas to have as a snack. As we ate our snack, I reminded her of the main idea as we chatted about what she had learned about rain that week. And this is what it looks like to do science during the early years when you use an actual program. The weekly topic comes from the plans. The hands-on project is a simple demonstration and main idea that's part of the plans. Your read-aloud books will be suggested in the plans or scheduled from a children's encyclopedia. The coordinating activities included in the plans will be crafts, snacks, or games that you can pick and choose from depending upon how much time you have and how much interest your child shows. When you have a plan for science, you will spark your child's natural interest with specific information. Teaching science like this is a bit more formal. You'll have a plan for each week, one that lays out your weekly topic and hands-on projects, plus gives you options for read-alouds and coordinating activities. For some, this may be too rigid for the early years. For others, it'll be a relief to know that science will be covered each week. This is also an effective way to teach science during the early years. So there's no right or wrong way to introduce science to your students. Both of these are effective options for early year science. Whether you choose to fold science into your daily life or you choose to use a program for science during their early years, introducing your young student to science will be worth the effort. 
Because when you teach in this way during the early years, your student will develop an interest to learn more. Science won't be scary or boring. And this alone will pave the way for much easier science learning experiences in future years. In the next episode, we are going to move on to the next stage on our roadmap to teaching science, the elementary years. Until then, thanks for listening. I hope that you leave our time together encouraged in your homeschool journey. Let me know what you think by leaving a rating or review in iTunes or in the podcasting app you use to listen to the Tips for Homeschool Science show. I would so appreciate you taking the time to do so as it inspires those of us who work so hard to put this podcast together for you to enjoy, and it helps others find this podcast. I would love to connect with you beyond the earbuds. You can find me at Instagram at Elemental Science, or drop me an email through the link on our website, which is elementalscience.com. I can't wait to share with you another piece of the roadmap in our next episode, but until then, I hope you have a great week playing with science. This podcast is free for you to enjoy thanks to the programs we offer at Elemental Science. Our company got its start one day over 10 years ago with a simple question. If you're doing all that work to create science curriculum for our daughter because you can't find what you needed, don't you think someone else is looking for the same thing? And with a whole lot of work, those simple plans for our homeschool became the several lines of award-winning science curricula we offer today. At Elemental Science, our goal has always been to provide you with easy-to-use science plans to help you share the wonders of science with your students. Come see how we can help you teach science at ElementalScience.com.